to the Work Life Flow podcast, where we moms take the reins of our lives, explore our options, question the status quo, and demand more from society. Here we come together to tell our stories and share tears of frustration as well as tears of joy. But most importantly, we come together to inspire you to create a work life integration that works for you. So pour yourself your favorite beverage and come hang out with us. Welcome to Work Life Flow podcast. Today, my guest Jennifer Bliss and I are going to explore how to bring more music into your life and that music can be a, a form of self-care and connection building, which I'm always excited to hear more about and also how we might need to take a step back and look at music in a different way, not necessarily as skill building towards higher goals, but maybe, just maybe, just to learn a song that is important to somebody in your life and serenade them with it. So we explore a little bit of lifelong learning, we explore interest-led learning, and how we as parents oftentimes can learn something new from our children. So let me introduce her bio real quick. Jennifer Bliss, she is a professional guitarist and music educator. She founded J Bliss Guitar Studio to help music lovers learn to play their favorite songs on guitar so they can serenade the people they love, even if they've never picked up an instrument. As a touring musician, she's played all over the world, but she has found that the most important, enjoyable and moving music you can ever play is for your own community and for the people you love. With this in mind, and as a music educator and guitar and ukulele teacher, she helps people strum their soundtrack and serenade their world. So join me in welcoming Jennifer Bliss. Hi, Jennifer. Thanks for coming on today. Thank you so much for having me, Kirsten. It's a pleasure to be here. I'm thankful for this opportunity. Yeah. I'm excited because I have a private story about how music is in our life or how we integrated it now or how we had to rethink what music was. So can you tell a bit about your approach of Serenade Your World and why sheet music is not the only music that matters? I've been a professional musician for about 20 years and a music educator for just as long. And, I, and so I really have a passion to help people learn how to play guitar and to integrate that into their life. And I guess one thing, a handle that I have for my business is to strum your soundtrack and serenade your world. You know, I, that's what I do. I teach people to strum their soundtrack and serenade their world or, you know, learn to play the music that you love for the people that you love, basically. And that's my approach to my guitar teaching business, uh, J Bliss Guitar Studios. That's what I've, I've been doing. You know, that's the name of my business. But go, getting back to your question, why you don't really need sheet music to play. In my years of being a professional guitar player, I played around the world. I played for artists. I played at churches. You know, I've done studio work. I never get sheet music. <laughs> they really just say, okay, here's the song. We're going to be playing it next week. Learn it. And so you really have to learn how to pick out songs by ear. Now, certainly you can have sheet music, definitely with more classical, like classical orchestras. Use them, of course, because that's their approach. And a lot of music educators start people out learning notated music. 
But in my professional experience, I haven't had it and it hasn't really been required. And so my approach to teaching music is more learning the language, learning the structure of music, and then using your own sound, your own playlist and using that as a source material to teach you the basics of music, to teach you the notes, the chords and the notes and the structure and how you can learn how to play songs. Like you learn all the chords in the key of G and you can basically play any pop song that's out there based off of seven chords in their basic form. That's the approach that I like to take when I help people really strum their soundtrack and serenade their world. I don't use sheet music, but I do customize lesson plans for my students. But I love it. I love it. And it's really helped more towards your approach with your podcast and what you're doing. I have a more balanced work life that's more manageable as of now. I've really put this my most of my focus into building my um, online guitar lesson business. I love it. Yeah. I see so many parallels. Like, So we are a homeschooling family. And when we talk about motivation or interest, right, sometimes you just want to try something new and you don't know if it's really for you. So when we can tie learning into something that really lights you up, you're much more likely to actually want to try, to want to practice. And I think your approach does exactly that because you offer people to choose their music and, you know, they have the motivation to play it in front of somebody, right? That's your end goal, that they have somebody they would like to surprise with the music, for example. Not only tapping into their motivation, but also you're making it more accessible. Like there's more people that feel like, hey, I can learn one song. I don't need to be a perfect guitar player. So who is working with you? Like any age or who finds you? It's any age. And I'm, I'm finding as I've explored this thing that there's certain groups of people that I gravitate towards and gravitate towards me. Definitely the homeschool community, because I think homeschool parents have a wonderful and different approach to educating their kids. It's a lot more personal and organic and customized. And that's really how I like it. In fact, one of my homeschool students who's um, about eight, well, no, she's, I think she's seven. I'm teaching her all the chords in the key of G, like basic things. And it's not just learning songs, but creating songs. Like she lost one of her teeth, two of her teeth, like last week. And so she created a song called I Lost My Tooth on Saturday. <laughs> you know, just, <laughs> That's amazing. just you know, using these two different chords. And you can incorporate music into your life beyond a performance, beyond an audition, even though I help people with those things. But it's more of how I kind of grew up. I grew up in a very musical family. I learned my dad was my first guitar teacher. And we would just play songs for the holidays, play things you know, it's just become more of a lifestyle and less of a concert for your school and more of um, incorporating music into your life. And another thing that I really believe, and when I kind of created my manifesto for my um, business, J Bliss Guitar Studio, is that um, what are your beliefs? Music is self-care. I believe that music is self-care. And whether you're a kid learning how to play music or a grown adult that just needs to have some me time, 
where they don't have to think about their job. They don't have to think about what they're doing for their kids. I just want to learn how to play this U2 song or some Al Green because I just like it. You know, it helps you change what you're focusing on and your energy on so many other things. Music captivates you like nothing else does. And it gives your brain a break from juggling all these other kinds of things. I'm really passionate about that. And that's why, you know, my students range in all ages. Like I have a whole lot of homeschool kids. I have this one guy who's a um, professional executive who loves salsa music. So I'm teaching him how to play his salsa stuff. I have another kid who loves Steven Universe. So we're learning all the Steven Universe songs, but he's learning using that as a source material to teach them the songs that they want to play. And then that way, I think it's more, it's more fun. It's more engaging. And it's something that is more of a lifestyle and less of a goal, less of a performance and more of, of a lifestyle. Yeah. There are several things I hear. So I heard you say for you, it's just part of life. It's possibly a time of connection, like You said in your family with your dad, for example, you just play together or you play and sing and you enjoy the music, which is which is really cool. And then I hear you say that it doesn't have to be for a performance because often parents want their kids to learn an instrument because learning an instrument helps them build skills, right? And they see it almost like some people do martial arts, right? They're really, really high in demand here in the U.S. as character building and, and, and whatnot. And I think some people see music the same way and it can really dampen the experience even there's so much pressure. And so that's what I love about your approach that you really say, no, let them play one song. And it ties into the little story that I had. My husband has played the guitar I think he went to the conservatory seven years and all his siblings had to go. <laughs> and he loves the guitar, but he's very frustrated. Like, he's like, I'm not good enough. He has all this going on in his head. I'm not good enough. I never was. I went seven years. It was the biggest pain in my, in my life as a kid, but I love the guitar. And so one day he brought the guitar from Spain. He was also playing, you know, the, the Spanish guitar, so sheet music and advanced techniques kind of things, which is frustrating, of course, if you're not the most skilled or not the best in your class. It, it gets frustrating really, really quickly. So anyways, he was not good enough to be concert material, <laughs> for example. And it, he has carried this into his 40s. And so one day he brought his guitar from Spain and he started picking up those songs again and he was playing at home. And, and we really, I mean, I like listening to it and I do not play an instrument yet. I always say yet. <laughs> But so then he would play sometimes and then suddenly my son came to us and said, hey, I want to play one song. What song can I learn? And for my husband, it's like, you can't, right? So in the beginning, we were like, there is no way you have to learn. The, like his, in his mind, it was, you have to learn the basics in order to be able to play a song. But then we are unschoolers. So we were looking up YouTube and we were looking up sources. And then we found an app, and I'm thinking it's a similar approach to yours, where they started teaching some chords and leading into a song. And so within two weeks, he picked up the guitar every day. We practiced 
by himself. He, we didn't have to prompt him at all because he was driven to learn that song. And the really cool part about the whole story is that now my husband does the same. He started picking up those apps and learning songs rather than getting frustrated over. He still does his high skill kind of songs that he wants to, he really wants to learn them and master them. But it's such a fun thing that when we take a step back, sometimes our kids teach us things, right? It was my son that, that said, hey, I want to play one song. Why not? And so I love this about your approach because I think as parents or as, as adults, we have this thinking of this is the way we do it. It has always been done this way. And you flip it. You say, no, pick one song and I don't know, surprise your loved one, right? Right. I love that story. And I I can totally relate to your husband, um, Kirsten. I really can. Because unfortunately, sometimes the process of learning music can make you fall out of love with music. Sometimes the business of music, and I played all over the place, I don't want to deal with that. If it means something I love that so much and so much something I enjoy so much, but the process and the experience of playing and music, just like, you know what, I don't even want to deal with any of that because it's not giving me life. It's not balanced. It goes back to your whole point of your podcast. It's like, there's no work-life balance. It makes me think of, there's a movie that won an Oscar several years ago called Whiplash. And it's about uh, this kid who's a drummer who goes to this prestigious um, academy to learn drums and play drums and jazz. And the teacher is just totally abusive, obsessive, compulsive, bullying. It's just this super achieving. His approach was very destructive. And while I'm not saying that learning notated music and going to academies is automatically negative, I understand that too often the strive for perfection can rob you of the love of what you're doing. And the music becomes less self-care and more of, you know, a perfectionist mindset that nobody can ever achieve. So you're never satisfied. So my approach is really to look at music as a language that you're learning. It's just a language. You just learn the structure of the language learn how to repeat what other people are saying. And then eventually you'll be able to express yourself. Like I lost my tooth on Saturday or, you know, writing songs and learning songs along the way. And then if you want to get to another level of skill set, that's cool too, but you can enjoy it every step of the way without suffering from a perfectionist mindset that steals your desire and makes you, intimidates you in the process. I mean, everybody deals with that when you're learning something new that, oh, I didn't get it right. I didn't get it right. Oh my gosh, I stink and all that kind of stuff. And, and, you know, some of that's normal, but it doesn't have to be, you don't have to dread practicing or you don't have to beat yourself up when it doesn't come out perfect. Because I'll guarantee you, like I've, I performed in front of thousands of people and I've messed up a song, like a lick they're not, they don't care about that. They're having a good time. They're enjoying it. And just your ability to enjoy the music that's coming out of you exactly as it is and exactly as it isn't is something that I think is valuable as you get better with the skill. So that's really my approach to teaching music. And, and I got to that place, Kirsten, after kind of experiencing the wrong way 
or an unhealthy way for so long. But, you know, it's not that deep. You know, I'll, I'll have my students playing a song that they want to learn within the first lesson because you're teaching them, you're breaking it down to a basic level that they can enjoy and hear and appreciate. But one other thing I like about that approach too, and it goes back to a story I think I told you earlier about a teacher that changed my approach to music, is that I learned classical and notated music, music books and and reading charts and all that kind of stuff. And then I went to college at Spelman College in Atlanta, Georgia, and joined the jazz ensemble. And I had a jazz teacher, Mr. Jennings, and he wouldn't give me any music and he wouldn't tell me what to play. He would just say, oh, I heard you play that before. Come up with something else. And I was always used to people telling me what to play. And so now I had a perspective shift. Well, what can I imagine? What can I think of playing? And that shifted everything forever. If you can hear something in your head, you already know what it's supposed to sound like. And then that's half the battle. Like, you know what it's supposed to sound like. And then when you learn the skills or the theory or the structure, then it gives you the tools to play what you already have in your head. And again, my goal is, ultimate goal is to empower people to be able to pick out songs on their own and play by ear. And it's been working so far. People are enjoying the process a lot more and it's a lot more personal and they can incorporate it into their life, even their cultures. Like there's special songs that are that you're not, you're not going to find on YouTube, but maybe there's something that is a traditional song from your culture or a special song from that your grandparents would love to hear and be surprised with, you know, or something like that. And when you can hear something and pick it out, it just makes those special family moments all the more precious and immortalized. I mean, Jordan's never, her mom's never going to forget when she was seven years old that she wrote a song called I Lost My Tooth on Saturday, you know, or theirs could be that a wedding song that your parents loved and then you just surprised them for their anniversary. I'm talking your ear off, but I'm just excited about this. This I love this. And what I've I've kind of found after playing all over the world and doing all these things, the best and the most important audience are the people that you love. So if you can play something and create memorable musical moments with your family, they'll never forget that, you know? I can think of all my nieces and nephew and family and all different songs that they just created that have like been the soundtrack of that year that we can remember. And it just creates these special moments that you'll never forget that become iconic in your world. And if you can just maximize that, everything else is just icing. That's the way I look at it. What I wanted to just point out is that you said to have it come as a self-care or to have it become the self-care and rather than a to-do, right? Because we have so many to-dos already, we don't need more, (laughs) honestly. And then the other thing is that you really can personalize, like people can send you music and you will help them learn it. (laughs) You will help them break it down and, and, and learn it, which is a really cool idea. Like for, I don't know, like you said, anniversaries, uh, holidays, whatnot. Yeah, I can totally see that that mom will never forget that song about it too. <laughs> I know, it was so precious. And she was just so passionate about it. And it's always this the kind of thing. And again, it's just, it took me a while. Like I went through 
a really great, I have a great business coach, Deanna Mason, and, you know, also going through Nurture to Convert Society. Like, it's just incredible how they help you find out who you are and build a solid foundation for your business and forces you to kind of really see what your value, what your beliefs are and how you want to do your business. So much of my professional life was not about music being self-care. But on the tail end, after going through all of that, I'm seeing more possibilities and better possibilities of what music can be. And that's what I bring to my lessons. And the thing is, you know, lifelong learners, how old can you be? Anywhere between seven and 107. My dad is, <laughs> my dad is uh, 84 years old and he's learning how to play the piano right now. You know, it's just so cute. And it's self-care, like, especially for busy people. I don't know anybody else who's busier than, you know, homeschool parents because you just got so much going on. And learning an instrument forces you to stop focusing on everybody else. And for 20 minutes, just play a song, learn to play a song that nobody else likes but you. You know, give your mind a break and give it, some breathing space, that's something that you enjoy. And the earlier that you learn that, incorporate that into your life, especially kids, the better. But in the meantime, you know, it's a different experience of music. Yeah. What I hear you say is that it, it connects, right? And we are social creatures and we are all about connection in reality. And I disagree that homeschooling parents are the busiest parents. I think <laughs> it's like everybody else. You have to be intentional. You have to be intentional about your capacity. You have to be intentional about the different interests, the different persons you work with in the family, because this is what I love doing. I love bringing family together where each individual can, you know, build up to be the person they want to be and they are and, and really unfold within our family, right? And so I think it's important to keep the conversation on intentions, on what do you want to do? What excites you right now? And if it is learning one song right now and tomorrow there's no interest anymore, that's okay. You know, because we are lifelong learners, we want to try out things and we want to find out and figure out who we are. And I love that you said your dad is learning the piano because this is what homeschooling has brought into our lives. We are learning much more now and we are open to trying many more things than, than we did before. Um, last year, for example, my son, um, we were in Austria for some time and so he learned skiing. And then he said, I would like to try snowboarding. We're like, oh, okay, how can we make that happen? And so we did. And with COVID, of course, there were restrictions. So it was a private class we had to pay for one kid. There were no group lessons. And so we we're like, okay, we're paying a private class. Might as well learn ourselves. So one day my husband learned and one day I learned. And, and it was fun. And imagine as a parent, what you're showing your kids is that you're trying new things. And you're not the expert on any on everything, you know. You open up so much more trust and you know this this adventure. Thing. Yeah, adventure. Yeah, we invited. We are. Yeah, we do. <laughs> we do a yes, lot of outdoor stuff and so. But but just in general, it doesn't have to be snowboarding, right? Anything you try in front of your kids and you're not good at, but you get up again, is showing them that you can build resilience. That. An adult not necessarily is an expert. 
that they can be an expert in something as well, right? And so my son, he learned a few songs. He was playing for probably a month and a half. He was playing every day. And then he said, I want to do the drums. And we still haven't figured out how to do that. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) So we took a break. And suddenly, you know, I was about to return the guitar because we just borrowed it. Every time we try something new, we don't buy. We try to figure out. We use our network. (laughs) And so we borrowed a guitar. And so I was about to return this guitar. And now the last few days, he's picked it up again. Oh, yeah. So I'm like, I think I'm going to invest in a guitar and I'm going to put it there. And that's another thing that I want to highlight. Your environment has a huge impact. Like how you set up your home has a huge impact on what you invite into your life. So another thing to be intentional about, I received a guitar stand. And originally it was for my husband's guitar because, like I said, sometimes people pick it up, but it was tucked away under our bed in a guitar case. So he wouldn't use it very often. And then I was gifted a guitar stand and I put it in the corner of the living room. And so once it was in the living room, he picked it up almost every day. So you always have to be, you know, we have, we have choices to make and, and we can be intentional about what we invite more. Like if music is a, a way of self-care for you, I urge you to put it accessible, to make it accessible, to put it out I think I saw in your background, I saw the guitars hanging, yeah, which is beautiful, yeah. right? Yes. It is beautiful to have it there. And then you're much more likely to actually do it. I love it. You said such an important word as far as being intentional. Like, you know, busyness, you know, whether you're homeschool parents or professional or like a full-time person or whatever, balance comes with being intentional, you know, being intentional about preparing and planning and setting yourself up to win. And you said also environment. There are guitar stands that you can just like nail into the wall and have as a decoration for your guitar. And it's just there. You just pick it up and and play it when you can. It's a great place to store it and keep it, you know, as a nice aesthetic to your house. But making sure your environment aesthetically is interesting and engaging and it can, it kind of stacks your deck towards the, like the area and the place that you want to go. And I love that. I mean, there's, gosh, that's so cool. And I love how you said too, it's okay to try things and experience them for a season. You don't have to be an expert at everything that you do and you can choose where you want to level up, but there's, there's a joy and an adventure and a fun that you can have by discovering who you are, by trying different things. You know, I love that. I think it's important too. It is. And I think we, I don't know if it's our, the way we grew up. I grew up in a regular school system. And I think I've been told, like you said, when you were doing music, you had been told for so long what to play that it took you a moment to actually realize, what do I want to play? And I think it's the same in our life. We sometimes have to give ourselves the permission that we haven't really taken enough time to think about what we want and it's never too late to find something you love right because we this is the life we have i mean seriously what what are, what are we waiting for <laughs> i know and, and part of it too like finding out what you love and incorporating that with the people that you do love you know it's just creating memorable musical moments is special like you love music you love your family how can you marry the two 
in a way that's different and new and not just limited to them coming to your, you know, recital at your whatever, you know, it's playing. I had one of my other students um, learned um, a song, a legacy song and serenaded her husband on their anniversary as a surprise, you know, never going to forget that. Just learning um, songs that are very um, special to people in your family and just calling them up and singing to them out the blue. It broadens what you think of music as far as a performance is concerned, and you just turn it into a way of expressing love to people that are special to you. I love enabling and encouraging my students to do that because it really just spreads more love in a way, in your world that's a lot more personal and practical. I remember going to visit my grandmother or my grandparents when they were in nursing homes and singing, you are my sunshine, you know, just going there. And I mean, shoot, there's medical professionals that do this, music therapists. You know, I have another, one of my students is a music therapist. She's really passionate about learning songs that are more culturally specific to the people that she serves. So they'll respond more to like a Al Green song than they will like a, a Beatles song. So who are the people that you are trying to engage musically and what speaks to them? What's their soundtrack and what's their language? The possibilities really are endless. And just when you learn the language of music, you can not only translate what other people are doing, but you can find your own voice and speak new things through your guitar. I'm fascinated by the process and I, I just want everybody to do it. <laughs> yeah, I want, you know, everybody who is interested in doing it, it's just, it's just a wonderful thing. And we can hear your excitement <laughs> through the microphone. It's so cool. I love it. So where could my audience, where could they find out more about you? Yes, yes, yes. If you go to my website, it's jblissguitarstudio.com. So the letter J, then bliss, B-L-I-S-S, guitarstudio.com. It has all my information there. And I have a bunch of freebies too. Like I have a um, free online um, course called How to Get Started on Guitar. And It'll show you um, some guitar basics, how to tune your guitar, how to play some songs on your guitar. It also, I also have a how to get started on guitar toolkit, which shows you if you're not sure what you need to buy as for a beginner guitar, what accessories do you need? What are some options, some things to think about? You can get that for free on that website. And I also have, um, you can schedule a free 30-minute Zoom lesson with me. So free one-on-one -on -one live Zoom lesson where I can just show you more, a little bit more about my teaching approach, see what your interested in goals are, and you can have a free one-on-one -on -one right there. So all of those are on my website, jblissguitarstudio.com. Cool. I'll make sure to link to it and I might go get the toolkit because I need to think about a guitar now. Yeah, it's just, it's all right there. A lot of people, you, you go and you don't really know how to choose. What should you budget for? And no one should spend a whole lot of money on their first guitar. But you also want to make sure that you get something that's appropriate for you. For A lot of things, how large are you? What's your body size? Sometimes the full-size guitar is harder. You might want to get a half-size guitar or a quarter-size guitar. You need some strings. Do you need picks? 
like capo, tuners, all those different kinds of things. So you can budget for it and you can kind of hit the ground running having everything that you need. So you can find those things on my website and they're all free. So, um, and you can start your guitar journey. Yeah. Thank you so much. Well, thanks for your time. I'll link in the show notes to everything you said. And yeah, thanks for your time. This was amazing. It was. Thank you so much, Kirsten. It was a wonderful conversation. I could talk about this forever, but I love it. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, take care. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to today's episode of Work-Life Flow. As always, you can find all links and websites mentioned in the show notes. Make sure to get your copy of the four must-have checklists for kids so you can sit back and relax while they are getting ready on their own at kerstinkirchsteiger.com. That is www.kerstinkirchsteiger.com. And remember, keep being brave and share your story.